if they have chronic congestion up there, they don't know what clear nasal breathing feels like. They can't express it to you. They don't have the speech and language or the cognitive or the emotional skills to tell you that they had a crappy night's sleep, right? But it reduces our emotional stability and self-regulation. Look at the diagnoses. There's a, a wealth of evidence that supports that it increases the risk of being labeled or diagnosed with ADHD or ADD, poor impulse control. I have colleagues who specialize in breathing, orthodontists and cranial sacral specialists, that once we fix the alignment and the malocclusion and improve the nasal passage and then train them to become nasal breathers, then these symptoms of ADD or ADHD or poor self-regulation or impulse control or any of those things seem to dissipate. Not all the cases, I, I assure you. But if we're looking at how the numbers have increased over the last 30 plus years, we need to take a look at what could be the triggers. Hello, and welcome to Talking Toddlers, where I share more than just tips and tricks on how to reduce tantrums or build your toddler's vocabulary. We're going to cover all of that, but here, our goal is to develop clarity, because in this modern world, it's truly overwhelming. This podcast is about empowering moms to know the difference between fact and fiction, to never give up, to tap into everyday activities so your child stays on track. He's not falling behind, he's thriving through your guidance. We know that true learning starts at home. So let's get started. Shut your mouth. That's pretty bold. But it really has to do with breathing through your mouth or breathing through your nose. What's the difference? Doesn't matter. And I want to dive deep into that to help put this piece to the puzzle with early child development, babies, toddlers, preschoolers, and beyond. But let's keep it zero to three today. So Before I dive into specifics of what I've learned, what I'm learning, and what I'm bringing to the table, please, please understand, I'm putting a little caveat there. I am not a medical physician. I'm not an orthodontist or a dentist, a nutritionist, or any of those is. Actually, that's not true. I'm an allied healthcare practitioner, a speech language pathologist. I look at the oral motor. I look at speech and eating. I put those things together. But if you have a serious concern about your child's health or developmental issues, please, please, please consult with your primary healthcare physician. All right. With that, I'm just going to explain what I've learned over these last 35 years and how I've seen these epidemic numbers continue to expand. And it scares me, or at least it draws huge awareness that I don't think we can ignore anymore. Yes, there is a national epidemic. And I mentioned this a couple of videos ago, and I think I'm going to start leading with that. Not to say that I I want to scare you or I want to overwhelm you. No, I want to say, hey, Let's talk about this 
so we can rectify it. So we can navigate our way around it, through it, under it, and not fall into these traps. National epidemic of obesity, diabetes, autism, attention, reading disorders, self-regulation, eczema, ADHD, uh, sleep problems, constipation problems, picky eater problems, chewing problems, low muscle tone problems, and the list goes on. 54% of children under 10 have a chronic disease. That is mind-boggling. So if you haven't watched my video on chewing, you might want to go watch that here, but you don't have to leave this one. You can watch that next because they go hand in hand, the chewing development as it relates to healthy eating habits and good speech and language development connect with nasal breathing. Why am I doing this as speech language therapist? Because I need to talk about the elephant in the room. Some people are going there. Some people aren't. I don't want to be a traditional therapist. The truth is I never really was a classic traditional mainstream speech and speech and language therapist. Um, even in a private setting, I always thought outside the box. I thought, what else could be contributing? What else is going on with our kids? Even back in the 1990s where I reflect back and I think, ah, it was a little less complicated, but I still believed that things were happening in our modern world that were affecting the way our children were growing and learning and developing. So in talking about nutrition or dietary choices or health lifestyle choices, right? How much we move, do we go outside? How much screen time? What kinds of food do we? All of these things I know is very, very, or are very, very personal and they're uncomfortable. But I'm here to say we all can do hard things. And talking about this might be uncomfortable, but let's do it because your baby, your toddler, your family are in your hands and you are in the driver's seat. And because it's so personal, I'm just encouraging you, challenging you to open your heart, let go of some of your ego and realize that it's more important to be honest than to, to get sucked into the mainstream and be like everybody else. Because the numbers, as I say, I said over and over again, are escalating. And yes, this stuff is challenging. It's challenging, I think, because it's more personal. The work or the strategies I try to share is not all that challenging. It just takes a different mindset. And so we have to believe in ourselves. We as the therapists, as the leaders who are sharing this information, one, we have, we have to be more honest with you guys and you have to try to find it in your heart to think more boldly. And if you're not ready, I get that. You can come back later. But if you're motivated to not fall into these statistics, then stay with me. Okay. So nasal versus mouth breathing. Let's look at it logically, right? 
nasal seems to be the most obvious. We breathe in our nose and don't we just breathe out our mouth? That's a lot of yoga stuff. I've been practicing yoga on and off for, I don't know, 15, 20 years. And I know my practice is a lot better when I only breathe through my nose. Now, there are some breathing techniques that you can breathe you can exhale through your mouth, and but that's different. Um, but the most logical part of nasal breathing is that it warms and humidifies the air, right? It increases our respiratory health because it's humidified and warmed. It's the only way that our body can produce a, a substance called nitric oxide. And I don't know if you've heard of that term or not, but it's a stimulant that supports healthy cardiovascular and immune development or immune systems. And so nitric oxide we need, but the only way our body can produce it is through inhaling through our nose. And uh, nasal breathing also increases our oxygen levels and it reduces the chance of small particles being inhaled through our mouth into our lungs. And so it's the healthiest way to really breathe. And it's the way that our God, our higher power, designed us and there's a reason for it. And so when we can't naturally breathe through our nose, we have to look at why. You can't just let it go. So the other piece is that 90% of children who present with severely crooked teeth, which was me, ran in my family, grinding, which was me, another name for grinding your teeth is bruxing. A lot of kids do that this, these days. And that's because the jaw is out of alignment. And again, if you haven't watched my chewing video, you can watch that next. There's a malocclusion. So um, a malocclusion is just when the bite comes down, it's not in good alignment, that there's a that your back teeth or front teeth are off. You can have the jaw jutting forward or right or left. It can come in all different forms and, and sizes. And then these things compromise nasal breathing. When we don't have good jaw closure, and again, I talked about that before, but then it we can't relax enough to breathe through our nose. And then there's the passage is all misaligned and we have trouble, right? And so I, I've been surprised over, I'd say the last 10 to 15 years, how parents have come into my office. I no longer work one-to-one, -one, but over those years where congested nasal just was part of the package. And that mouth breathing was just, you know, part of this phase and he'll outgrow it. And that's not true. They typically don't outgrow it. 
mouth breathing also disrupts sleep. And I think that's more in the news or more prominent, mostly with older people, or I say with adults, it's not even older people, it can be 20 or 30 something, your age group, but not even just my age group. And so it's more common, but just because it's more common doesn't mean that it's healthy or optimal or beneficial. And most of the time it's detrimental. So when we have disrupted sleep patterns, and sometimes your child, your baby, your toddler, your preschooler, they don't know the difference. And I say this a lot. They don't know if they have chronic digestive upsets. They don't know what a normal digestive system feels like. If they have chronic congestion up there, they don't know what clear nasal breathing feels like. They can't express it to you. They don't have the speech and language or the cognitive or the emotional skills to tell you that they had a crappy night's sleep, right? But it reduces our emotional stability and self-regulation. Look at the diagnoses. It also, there's a, a wealth of evidence that supports that it increases the risk of being labeled or diagnosed with ADHD or ADD, poor impulse control, right? And there's a wealth of information around there. At the same time that, you know, I have colleagues who specialize in breathing, orthodontists and cranial sacral specialists, that once we fix the alignment and the malocclusion and improve the nasal passage and then train them to become nasal breathers, then these symptoms of ADD or ADHD or poor self-regulation or impulse control or any of those things seem to dissipate. Not all the cases, I, I assure you, but if we're looking at how the numbers have increased over the last 30 plus years, we need to take a look at what could be the triggers, right? Um, so that leads a lot of people, especially in the orthodontic world, that are suggesting maybe this is a misdiagnosed case, right? When we have poor oxygen and poor nitric oxide, that also tells our body that we're just low on energy and we have to conserve what we do have just to survive. So uh, again, it puts kids and grownups, but we're talking about your baby and toddler and perhaps your preschooler into that fight or flight state that causes a lot of dysregulation. Hey there, mom. I just wanted to jump in and ask a big favor. If you're gaining benefit from these episodes, please consider leaving me a review. It's the only way I can expand my reach and find moms and dads and grandparents just like yourself. I'd be so grateful. I'll leave a link down below in the description to save you an extra step. So thanks in advance. Let's get back to today's episode. So the other piece to the puzzle is that there's a number of strong studies showing that there's a link between mouth breathing, chronic mouth breathing, and slower processing speed. And what it suggests is that there's a reducing cognition because I feel that the kids are on survival mode and they're not physically or mentally 
available to learn and grow. And it's not because they don't have the intelligence. So when I talk about slow processing speed or cognition, it's not necessarily intelligence. It's how they interact with the world. And it's that reciprocal processing engagement. But if we're feeling crappy, low energy, disconnected, and it's hard to breathe, and get oxygen or nitric oxide and our, there's restriction in the whole blood uptake, that whole circular system because of lack of oxygen, they're not going to be available to listen to your directions or listen to the story or enjoy, you know, running around in the backyard. That's not going to necessarily serve them because they're still on survival mode. Okay. So, you might be asking once again, why is a speech language therapist and early child development looking at this? Because I like science. I like biology. I love children and watching them grow and learn and develop. And when they struggle, it breaks my heart. When they struggle, it breaks your heart. And then there's this disconnect. And so a couple of books that I've read recently in the last couple of years, I keep going back to. One is called Close Your Mouth by Patrick McEwen. And the other one is Breathe, The New Science of the Lost Art. And that's the, the more recent. I just, I think it came out a couple of years ago by James Nestor. And that is mind boggling to me. It's great for new parents like yourself as well as looking at our partner, our family members. And it's not just in the last 20 or 30 years. It's been happening probably for the last several hundred years. But we're talking about the modern world today. And the remarkable thing about what James Nestor did, because he's not a scientist, he's a journalist, right? So he went out to the scientist and put himself through these incredible experiments and really improved his quality of life, improved his facial structures, improved his, his health and well-being, and really looked at what can we do easily, in some cases, to to improve this, to mitigate this, to reduce the risk of being misdiagnosed with ADHD or to have chronic sleep disorder that I know young children who have, have been put on CPAP machines. And again, it breaks my heart. Why I'm bringing it to your awareness is because it, it's how eating and talking are two sides of the same coin. Well, Chewing and nasal breathing are two sides of the same coin. We, we, we like to pull things apart and compartmentalize them and show territory. And I'm trying to talk about the many, many elephants in the room, trying to connect some of the dots and bring these questions and this insight to you guys so you can say, huh, let me take a closer look. And if you're motivated, then you will. And if you're curious, then you will. And some of you don't want to hear it and you're not ready. I get that. And, I, and I'm going to be really honest and there's going to be people that say that I'm full of crap. That's okay. But I know what I've seen. And a, 
a man that I've recently started following on YouTubes, and that's a whole different story, but he coined this acronym called MOAT, My Own Two Eyes. And I thought, that's brilliant. I want us, I want the adults in the room, no matter what age you are, but to use your own two eyes and use discernment and judgment, do your own research, look up these close your mouth book and breathe book, check it out. And, and then look at what causes some of these nasal occlusions and these misalignment in the mouth. And a lot of it has to do with poor jaw strength and stability and alignment, poor chewing. And that then bleeds into, then you have to ask the next question is, well, what do we do? Let's look at our diet, our food choices. And there's, there's a lot of argument or there's a lot of controversy between the two schools of thought. Is it the highly processed foods that we look at or is it just that we're bad chewers and haven't been properly taught? And I look at it, the chicken or the egg. I think our ability to chew and to build good facial strength and alignment and jaw stability is because of the food choices. And so we have to, again, just moat, right? My own two eyes. I just look at it and realize that I know when I went through a period of bruxing or grinding my teeth, one was when I was in graduate school and I got a bite block, right? That you could sleep with. And then two other times, it seemed like every 10 years, I, you know, life gets stressful and I know I have bad jaw alignment. And so I worked on my breath support as I went to sleep, as I woke up and, and my swallow, my chewing and my swallowing. And I improved. I mean, I never took measurements or any of that, but I improved my alignment at rest and during sleep. So I would no longer grind my teeth and brux to the point where I would wake up my husband. So if your child is presenting with any of these issues, you need to talk to someone and figure it out. As I've indicated that poor chewing skills, weak muscles, weak masseter muscles, weak general posture, right? Your alignment at rest will then cause an open mouth breathing. And if your jaw is lax, then your tongue is pressing down on the floor of the mouth. You're becoming a mouth breather, right? And you're reducing all of the filtration that the nose gives you and all of those health benefits. But then you're lethargic, you're tired, you're cranky, and it's hard to chew. So you're going to gravitate toward easy chewing food, foods that melt in your mouth purees, pouches, uh, soft, highly processed crackers and pasta, nothing that requires effort because you're too bloody tired. You and I have had a, a head cold, a simple little head cold, and we're trying to eat dinner and it's just exhausting. Not only because I've been breathing through my mouth for the last day or two because of my head cold and my congestion, but when we're chewing properly with our lips closed, 
But if we can't breathe through our nose, we're tired. So again, it becomes this catch-22. When we have low jaw tone, then we have low depressed tone in our tongue, right? And then we're not getting the proper alignment or the the tongue up against the palate. So now your palate is not being shaped. And the palate, like I said in previous episodes, is the floor to your nasal passageway. So they're all related. But we can change that. We can change the shape through some swallowing exercises, some chewing exercises. And reduce all of these secondary issues that keep popping up with our picky eaters, our poor transition preschoolers, our ADHD kindergartners. All of these things are related, could be related, need to be addressed. What are some of the steps? I have a couple of quick steps. One is the first step is look at the most common food allergies. And I think that that's always a safe bet, right? That look at wheat. I thought I was crazy back in the 1990s when I started exercising with a personal trainer and he said, you have to cut out all wheat. And I'm like, what? All processed foods, right? Breads, bagels, crackers, pasta. And I'm like, you're crazy. People can't survive without that stuff. But Once I did, I realized a lot of my sinus issues, my recurrent sinus infections went away, right? So look at wheat, look at dairy. That's always, those are always the first two that I talk to about a family because again, I'm not giving medical diagnosis or medical recommendations. I'm saying, ha, let's do a simple elimination diet. If you start removing a few of these high allergens, See how your child reacts for a week or three weeks. Do it for the whole family. Make it easy on everybody. See how we all change, right? With our breathing, our nasal breathing, and our sleeping. That's key. Other allergy, allergens that could cause problem, eggs, peanuts, the wheat and the gluten go hand in hand. I know that, again, our food industry loves to make billions on us, so when It came in the early 2000s, a big push to be gluten-free. Then they started finding all these other alternative flours to use. And I jumped on that bandwagon too, thinking, oh, I can still eat my crackers. But it's highly processed foods. It does not give us nutrient-dense calories or any nutrients, actually. And then soy. So wheat, dairy, soy, eggs, peanuts, and gluten. And there are a couple of complications with peanuts, and you can do your own research regarding them, but the vast majority of even the organic ones, I believe, still have mold on them. So you might want to reconsider and use a different nut butter if you're into that. I'm going to give you three names, and I will have that in the description, that does virtual consulting and have helped a number of my families that I've worked with, my patients and clients over the years. So the first name is Kelly Dorfman. She's a nutritionist, and she really helps tease apart 
especially kids who have pretty severe speech issues or what we call apraxia of speech. Then there's Julie Matthews, who's awesome nutritionist, and she has several courses, and I know she works one-to-one virtually with um, many, many families. And then there's Dr. Anna Marie Temple, and she is a pediatrician who has, over the last, I'd say, 15 years, really changed her scope of practice more in alignment with how do we create a healthy lifestyle through nutrition and outdoor play and movement. And she has five pillars in, in her framework. But um, I will share links below on on all three of those women who have books and websites that you can just gather a wealth of information from them. And then, of course, you can look locally to naturopath orthodontists. I know there are a number of orthodontists, especially in the Boston area, only because I'm on the West or East Coast now, that are orthodontists that specialize in breathing nasal passage and look at that. Okay, so that's the first step is to look at the most common allergens and perhaps speak with a specialist, right? I'm just bringing, shining the light on the elephants in the room. And step number two, observe your child. Look at them when they're eating and chewing. Do they stuff their mouth? Are they drooling? Are they really chewing? And we talked about that. But chewing, you know, by that second birthday, by that first birthday, they're they're kind of getting into the groove of that rotary grind, right? By their second birthday, they're pretty darn there. And certainly by their third birthday. But there's there's a progression and they shouldn't stop progressing with the maturation of their chewing, right? Do they drool? Do they spit up a lot? Is your one-year-old or your two-year-old still gagging a lot? They shouldn't be gagging unless they're you know, not paying attention or stuffing their mouth or difficulty swallowing and having that sequence of bite, chew, remember 30, 40 times to get the full nutrients, but also to work that jaw out and then swallow. Do they gnaw on their fingers or thumbs or objects or shirts or clothing? Are they a a thumb sucker or finger sucker? And then here's where the personal stuff comes into play. Take a food list. What are they eating? Is it highly processed? Does it, as soon as it puts in your mouth and it gets wet and soggy, do they, are they able just to mush it down and swallow it without any real chewing? And a recent statistic, a recent stat, Here in the United States, 70% of their food consumption throughout the day is highly processed food. 70% comes in a package or a bag, right? Those protein bars or those gluten-free energy bars, crackers, cookies, pouches, which is, I think, I'm just going to say it, evil one of the worst things that ever came on the market besides sippy cups. I hope you guys are laughing, but um, look at the, their food list. Are they becoming a picky, picky, picky eater? 
Do they only eat pasta? You know, and chicken McNuggets where doesn't require chewing. Look at your family mealtime. Are you sharing time together? Have you given them the model of eating and chewing and masticating your food? Right? And if you haven't, if you have an older toddler and you're like, oh my gosh, that's okay. Go there. Say, okay, we're going to revamp our our family mealtime. We're going to learn how to shop together and cook together and eat together and clean together. You can make a plan. Look at your own pantry and say, hmm, what is the processed food? You can keep a couple in the beginning. You can, I know it's hard. It's overwhelming. It's very, very personal. And you're like, this is the way I've eaten. Yep. It's the way the vast majority of Americans eat and look at our health conditions and look at our developmental problems and look at our schools. We're kind of messing it up and we can choose differently if you want to, right? It's a personal choice. And then the third step would be you can practice breathing through your nose with your toddler and your preschooler. I do it with all kinds of age kids. Say, okay, let's practice breathing through our nose. And you could put a piece of paper or a business, a business card is a good weight or even a popsicle stick. You put it right between the lips and hold it. Right? Yes, it will kind of stick to between their lips and, but it gives them that feedback. Again, we hope that the lips aren't so desensitized that they can't feel it, but it gives them something to kind of focus on. And then the breathe through your nose, nice and slow and easy. You can start with three counts if you're really unsure, like. And you're going to want to laugh, right? You can do three counts and then five counts, and then he can count with you. You can take a block and put it in a can one at a time, you know, just breathing slowly and steady. In in uh, James Nestor's book, he kind of calculated what the perfect breath flow is, and it's like 5.5 inhalation and 5.5 exhalation. But if you really want to calm down the body and and get in kind of that flow state, then it's five inhale and then eight to 10 exhale. And you and I can do that. Maybe an older child, your toddler's not going to really be able to do that, but a nice inhalation and exhalation. And remember the mirror neurons, they will do what we do. If we think it's fun and charming, they will follow suit. I assure you. Okay. So, but make it a game. Count to five or 10. See if you can get longer and longer and just do it. It's, it's a nice way to get kind of calm and self-regulated before you start to eat. Right. And then step four, and this is a biggie. Do not blame yourself. This modern world, we've all been duped. And I've said this before, and this is part of my bigger message, right? The food industry, the medical community, even the schools, even the hospitals. I mean, they've been kind of duped too. 
right? But the food industry and big ag are not our friends. That's just it. It's just true, right? Because, oh, take something over the counter to clear his nasal congestion. You know, um, he's allergic to this, so you can take these allergy pills. No, no, no. Figure out what is triggering him or what most of us are triggered by. Some of us are just a little bit sensitive. Some of us are full blown, right? And so this is another big thing that I've learned and witnessed over the last 10 or 15 years that we're all affected by wheat and and gluten, right? The way that the Americans process it is not healthy for our human bodies. So we have to step back and say, okay, now that I'm a mom, now that I'm a parent, now that I'm in charge of this, these beautiful human beings, right? God gave them to you to steward, to guide, to love, to protect. And as I'm always saying here, you don't know what you don't know. And part of my, my mission is to bring it to the light and, and to say, okay, how can you do it differently? And you can take step by step by just maybe removing some of those things, wheat and dairy, and see what happens, right? Do some breathing games before you start to eat. Focus on good, high quality fatty meats. And, you know, on the side, you can have some vegetables. Anything that requires chewing. And then once in a while, you can have some healthy fruit. And and we'll talk about food in the next video here. But how, how do you make these steps to clean out your pantry, to reorganize yourself? Because you're doing the best you can. And... Part of my my learning curve over these last three and a half decades has been to realize how everything is connected and related, right? Yes, you're going to have these anomalies, right? You're going to have some severe allergies or you're going to have a child who really does have a clinical diagnosis of attention deficit disorder or severe autism or any of the other diagnoses that we've talked about. But the escalation of these numbers, there has to be something going on with our modern lifestyle that is impacting us. And it doesn't mean that you can't have, you know, these special things once in a while, but it shouldn't be your main staple. And if a child is having difficulty learning how to chew and masticate by his first birthday and his second birthday, and certainly by his third birthday, then you have to look at what's going on in the environment. Okay. Um, and nasal breathing affects all kinds of health, right? So it disrupts the sleep, which makes us cranky and grumpy. And then we then gravitate toward quick and easy foods, it, it reduces our immunity. So then we're more susceptible to those common bugs and flus and symptoms, right? Especially as a, as a preschooler, cause you know, they're, they're, <laughs> they like to share those germs, right? And the other thing is, and I've done this for 35 years, but to teach 
a toddler how to blow his nose is really, really hard, especially if they have low muscle tone. And so the next time you blow your nose, I want you to think about what you're doing in your mouth in order to push that air pressure out through your nasal cavity to blow out your mucus or snot or whatever it is. And so that's not an easy thing to do. Kids can do it if they have good self-regulation, if they have good sensory system and good proprioception. It's kind of a natural reflex. It's not really a reflex, but it's a natural output that kids can get the hang of pretty easily if they're pretty healthy in their upper respiratory system. So all of these things, I just want you to think about and pull and pull it together, right? Look at, let me, the food allergens, look at how's he chewing and what's the food list look like, right? Can they practice breathing through their nose with me? Is it a true low muscle tone and inability or total occlusion of the, of the nasal passageway? Or is it a habit that we can rectify, right? And then the fourth step, don't blame yourself. But now that you know, shine some light on it. Talk with your partner. Look at your family. And I have faith. We all can do hard stuff. It's not easy. That's why they call it hard stuff. And it won't be done overnight. But again, the elephant in the room is telling us, these things are interrelated. Let's do something. Okay, great. And the next video will be all about food choices and how that is a big piece to the puzzle. So you'll learn more. Take care.